Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And hello, hello, hello. Here we are again as another exciting week. And we are uh, playing off of the last little comment we made on last week's episode, where Chris here actually challenged me to a duel I, I guess uh, like we have to come up with a better name uh, for it right because it's not really a duel it's more of a challenge to play a game that i've never played before right mm-hmm. and this one if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode recommend you do it's a fun one on beautiful joe uh but we decided to play super mario rpg legend of the seven stars Whew. long title but fantastic fantastic little game here and i know that chris you have a lot of nostalgia attached to this game uh this was my first time playing through it and i'm really excited to talk about it with you because yeah it was it's just been a fun experience but definitely we'll be going into that much much more uh later on in the episode but i do want to hear your thoughts like what made what drew you to this game what made you love it or like yeah just tell me tell me why you like it so much and why you recommended it? Uh, well, I played this originally when it came out, and it it wasn't the first RPG I ever played, but it was probably the first one I ever beat. And I just remember, like, being a kid, like you know, I was like any other kid. I loved Mario, right? And <clears throat> I remember being, I think it was a Toys R Us because it's usually where I went for games, and. I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, I've never heard of this one before. Like, this one looks kind of cool. And picked it up. And at first I was confused because I'm like, this isn't your your normal Mario, right? You're not running back and forth on the stage. Like, mm-hmm. this is, it's open world. And I was like, this is crazy. And before this time, the only RPGs I really played were like Final Fantasy Legend mm-hmm. and like, the Game Boy ones, like a lot of Game Boy RPGs, which there weren't that many, but I played them and they were hard, right? right? So when I played this game, it it was simple to me. And because of that, I was able to actually beat it. And I just, I fell in love with this game just because it made me feel powerful without making the game too easy. Mm-hmm. The music was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the characters are awesome because it's Mario. And I think to me, like to this day, it's still my most favorite RPG. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say favorite game of all time, but it's it's up there. But, and another thing, I played this recently, right? I didn't, I didn't play it for this episode, but I played it maybe about a year ago or so to kind of, to test my nostalgia to see if it still lived up to it. And mm-hmm. honestly, it did. It's one of the few titles that, for me, is still good after all this time. Granted, nowadays I can look at it a more analytical way. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like this is going to make the game even easier. Let's do this. You know, it's I, I can understand it better, but I still enjoyed it. And I think this game really paved the way for a lot of different ideas that we see in RPGs which I think is awesome. You know, there's there, the battle system introduced, you know, pressing the button at the right time and all this. And it just, it made it so interactive. And I think me being young, 
when this came out, it was just, it was what I needed. Mm-hmm. And ever since this game, I've, I've loved RPGs. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic little title. And like, I, I remember I saw it a lot when I was growing up, but I never actually picked it up. And I, I, man, I really wish I did when I was younger because playing through it now, I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. It's such a fun little title. And I'm realizing now, like, it is the perfect introduction to an RPG. And I feel like they really blended, like, the traditional Mario gameplay that you come to expect with a new twist on it, right? Like, it's, it, Mario is a platforming adventure game, right? So, like, you want, to be able to control the characters. You want to be able to move around. You want to be able to jump and collect things and do all that fun stuff. And this game allows you to do that, which is pretty fantastic, but in a very different kind of way. And I I think it was really smart of them to do that so that people really, you know, like they, they don't feel like this isn't a Mario game, right? They don't feel like it's just an RPG, like your Final Fantasies or something like that with Mario skin on it. It's, because it's so much more than that. Uh, it's, I don't know, man. Like, there's so much to this title. And I just have been having so much fun playing it. Like, I really I, I really cannot stress enough how much of a great introduction to RPGs this game actually is. And this is me coming at it from, I mean, this game came out in 1996, right? And I still think that this is a great way to, you know, get kids or people or just anybody who hasn't played an RPG excited about it, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's it's nuts. And, you know, when, they, when this game came out, North America the, in the market, like, they were not into RPGs. Like, they were not selling very well. So this was a very... Very smart way of introducing it. Super, super cool. And coming at it from like a design perspective, like the, the things, something as simple as like the battle UI itself. Like, so you, when you get into fights, like the traditional way in which you fight in this game is it's turn based battles, right? It's an RPG. So it has that style into it. And when you run into the, the enemies on the map, you, you know, entice a battle, right? And I really loved how simple the UI was. You don't, it's not muddied with every single decision that you can potentially make. It doesn't have like all the crazy options, the stats everywhere, you know, like it's, it's really, really like pared down, which is nice. And you start seeing different things. So like if you press A, then you see all the different options you have to attack with. If you press Y, then you start seeing, you know, like the, the options open up, but after you press the corresponding button that's related to it. So you're never like overloaded with too much information and it allows the player to learn at their own pace, which I thought was really, really well done. And just another thing to add on to the fact that like, yes, to remind people that this is coming from a game that is much more action oriented and where you have a lot more things to do. You mentioned it where they added in like the time button presses, right? Where like if you do them correctly, you actually do much, much more damage. And you have to learn the rhythm and the the timing of each one of your new attacks, which I thought was really cool. But then they also did it for the defense as well. So you can actually time it so that you're, you kind of want to fight people and learn their attack patterns so then you can start timing things properly for right before they hit you so then you can almost negate like some for some enemies you can completely negate all the damage altogether right like you can get hit with zeros like if you're really good enough 
So it's, I don't know, man, like this is a lot, <laughs> but it's been like really, really fun playing through it. Like I said, I just want to thank you a lot for, you know, you've, you've talked about it so much while we've done the show and you brought it up so many times and it's been one that's been on my bucket list, but I just never tried it out. And I'm happy that you made me <laughs> play this game because it's, it's a joy. It's a gem, man. It really is. And it's interesting now thinking that, you know, like you said, it came out in 95, 96, which, you know, N64 was already out by this point. So, like, this was, like, one of the console's, like, last Mm -hmm. hoorahs. And, I mean, what a way to really, like, end the console, you know? It's, I wish that, you know, probably would have gotten picked up by more people, because I feel like at that point everyone wanted an N64. Right. But I I love this game. And you people a lot of times say, oh, Paper Mario is like the sequel to this game. And, you know, that's what it went to. And I love Paper Mario. Like it's a spiritual like, successor. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. And, like, the two GameCube games, they were, or not, not two, the regular Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door, like, they're great. They're different, but they're great. And I mean, the Mario and Luigi games kind of kept that tradition and they're fun, but none of them have this magic that this game has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this game revolutionized the way in which we envision Mario, but it also came out at uh, like just a bad time, which kind of sucks because it came out around the time that Super Mario 64 was coming out too. Right. And like that is the iconic image that we think of of Mario now. Like it's what we compare all the new Mario games to. Right. It's it's the formula that they took and expanded the brand on. So it's kind of it's kind of a shame. Right. Like that. Like this game had so much potential to change what Mario can be. And it's I mean, I feel like it still accomplished that goal, but it might have got overshadowed by Super Mario 64, which is something that people are a lot more familiar with. It took like the platforming aspect and just made that 3D. But this took platforming and made it turn based right? and made it like adventure and like exploration and, and exposition. So it's 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 revolutionary in a very different way. But I feel like it might have got overshadowed a little bit because RPGs still weren't as popular in the North American market during this time. Yeah. And with it being Squaresoft, you know, it I don't know if this was the last Squaresoft game. I believe it was. They did. Or it was after this one. Then they branched off and did their own things. Yeah, because I think Final Fantasy six came out before this or three, you know, so this was kind of like their last contribution to the system and it's like damn if they would have stayed with nintendo afterwards we probably could have seen another mm-hmm. but going back to what you said like mario jumping and stuff you know i love that this game where one of his powers you know he has a regular jump but then there's a movie get later on where if you keep pressing the button at the right time he can just keep jumping right and later on there is a uh, that dojo you go to and if you can hit it a hundred times, like you get a special item. Oh, that's cool. And it's interesting because that item really does make a difference. And it's, I don't know, it's just cool. Like I really love how they incorporated the typical Mario things into this world. And the 
the lands. Like I love almost every like kind of area that you go to, you know, it's, you know, in the beginning you're in the mushroom kingdom, which is cool. You know, you go to the the castle and you have your little, your little village and, you know, you meet Malo and it's just, it's cool. You know, mm-hmm. the seeing the town get taken over by those guys on the pogo sticks yeah. and the shy guys jumping around. Yeah. It's cool. And yeah, actually I realized we didn't even talk about kind of like the story of this, but it's, it's nothing too deep. Mm-hmm. Basically this sword, you're, you're trying to save peach from Bowser, right? You're having this epic battle on a chandelier and I don't know where this sword with a face just lodges lodges itself into the castle Mm -hmm. knocking you both out and you realize oh this sword name you know well it's not the sword's name but smithy the the main enemy in this game the smithy gang right his name yeah what's excess or something like that i think yeah it's, it's something like that and they've taken over the kingdom and bowser's lost control right and you realize, uh oh, like we need to do something because you don't know where Peach went either. Mm-hmm. So, well, Peach was taken by Bowser, I think, and uh, flew away. They both, yeah, they both, like when the sword hit, they both got exploded out from the castle, or all three of the characters did. So, yeah. Like you end up going through the world and finding them along the way, which is cool. Right. And it's interesting seeing like how the Smithy gang really like kind of takes over the different areas as well as like Bowser still having his influence in certain regions. Mm -hmm. But so in order to get access to this sword or to create a bridge back to the castle, because the bridge is obviously destroyed, you have to collect seven stars, mm-hmm. which is going back to the title. So basically each of these stages that you go to in the different areas all have a boss that you beat for a star. And with the first one, Mushroom Kingdom, you're fighting this big dude that bounces on a sword. Yeah, it's a and the knife named Mac, right? Mac, yeah. yeah. And I liked it because leading up to this moment, it's not a hard fight. You know, right before this, you fight the Hammer Brothers and you get your hammer which is like, you know, one of the main weapons Mario can have aside from his fist or a Koopa shell. Mm -hmm. And I thought that there was a great way of kind of introducing people into the battle system. And the music alone for the Mushroom Kingdom was just awesome. Like I can still hear it pretty clearly in my head without having played it in a long time. And going over the other zones real quick at least the ones that meant a lot to me um you know the second area you go into i think it's like the pond of pipes and it's where you first meet the enemy i think i think it's bellevue not bellevue but it's like this fat cat oh yeah yeah the one that eats and, you yeah and makes your party or one of your party members disappear for a little bit yeah like that fight was one of the first challenging ones for me but not too difficult but this area was cool because, you know, this is where you actually get Mala to join your party and you get to hang out with tadpoles. And it's cool because they incorporate you making songs. And if you make the correct songs, you get items or frog points, which you can spend on, you know, decent items. Right. And I think there's like four or five songs you can make with it. And it's, it's a really cool feature. Like the songs are actually kind of cute. Uh, 
and then you know you you catch up to this town called Rose Town, which seems just like an ordinary town at first. You you meet this doll named Gino, which is kind of weird and silent. You come back and you notice it's raining, and what happens is all the villagers are turning to stone. You're like, what's going on? And Gino is basically you know you follow him into the forest, and this was the first hard part of the game for me. Uh, fighting this boss name, I think it's Boyer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but this one was so hard because basically, you know, you fight this boss and they have these blocks around you, right? Which look like your button, uh, you know, X, Y, and A. And if his arrow landed on one of those, you couldn't use anything from that button. So if you were going to use your regular attack and it hits the... I think it's A button. Mm -hmm. You can't use it. You have to use a special or an item. And I thought it was a really cool mechanic. And I really liked that boss later on, realizing like, oh, this was actually different and interesting. Yeah, it added extra challenge to it. And, uh, you know, after that, you get to meet Yoshi on his island and participate in Yoshi races, which I thought was kind of cool. But oh, and you after, meet Boshi, the greatest character ever. Oh yeah, Boshi with his little shades. <laughs> yeah. It's basically <laughs> the it's the the Wario to Yoshi. So he's just a, a purple version. It really version. is. Yeah, it's a purple version of Yoshi and he has his shades and he's just a dick. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool like the next Wario game if he had Boshi as like his Yoshi. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. Right man uh, i just want to see these characters again though like i want to see mallow and i want to see like i want to see him in a game this is the only game that he's in which sucks yeah i mean even gino you know yeah. like all of these characters it'd be cool to see him again yeah uh and real quick like the next world you go into is probably my favorite like the the mole mountains mm. i love this area because you know you start out like in a mining village and you get a mini game where you're riding a mine cart and you have to stay on the tracks, which I thought was kind of cool. It kind of reminded me of like a Donkey Kong Country kind of level. Right. And after that, you know, you meet Booster, which he's the, this is where you run into Bowser and Peach. And Booster wants to marry Peach. So you got to free her by climbing up this crazy high tower right with bowser which is crazy to think that you're teaming up with your you know your enemy yeah and i don't know something about that mixed with marymore which is the town after where people get married and basically you have to foil booster from getting married to peach and i love that there's a lot of different things you can do but during the ceremony, you know, you have a time limit of finding these like three items, four items. And if you find them all, you get a kiss from Peach. Mm. But if you don't, you get a kiss from either Booster or Bowser or both. Oh, that's funny. And I don't know, something about that, like that's where my nostalgia hits on that little area. Because I just, it it's so vivid to me, you know. But after that, like there's a lot of cool lands too. I don't want to go and spoil the rest of it. But you know the the beauty of nimbus land with the floating city mm-hmm. and it's just there's so many things of this game it's like damn like i don't know i just love it well and the, you know, the starland with the people's wishes as well is super cool mm-hmm. like such an iconic little thing and it's such a nice like 
nod or a nice touch because like the wishes when you when you read them it's it's random stars that are just kind of strewn about this map but whenever you actually read the wishes you can like almost guess which characters throughout the game the wishes come from and at mm-hmm. one point one of the wishes that you interact with Mallow hops out and he's like hey that's private so it's like actually his <laughs> wish right like it, the writing in this is just fantastic and it just makes it that much more fun and just it really like makes you feel for these characters and uh like one of the things i really want to talk about is character development throughout this game because mm-hmm. it's massive in here like mario plays the typical silent protagonist throughout the game and i really love the way he interacts with the world around him where he is the legendary mario he is super mario in this world so he's well known right but the thing he's most well known for it's not for you know like beating bowser continuously because they kind of make it a joke that like oh peach got you know kidnapped again oh no like right like it's it's kind of funny where like even mario lives like right next door to bowser's castle so he doesn't have to like travel that far whenever he does kidnap peach again right like he's just like right there it's like all right five minute walk it's cool i'll go get her real quick right and then i'll bring her back but he's known for his jumping so a lot of the npcs that you interact with throughout the maps they ask you like, oh, can you prove that you're Mario and show me your cool jumping skills? So if you actually like hit the jump button, he'll do like a flip or something. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, so cool, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you are Super Mario, you can jump real high. So I like, I love that little, like it's a cute aspect to give to Mario because he doesn't really have a lot going on as far as like further character development there. But then you have these characters like Mallow. I think Mallow is such a, beautiful story for him where like he grew up with the tadpoles thinking he was a tadpole and a frog this whole time but really he's a cloud and then after he finds out that he's not no not actually a tadpole he joins mario's party and wants to you know find his real parents and find out where he's from but i think it's great because like mario is mallow's hero and he throughout the entire game it feels like he is trying to become Mario, right? Like he's trying to mm-hmm. embody the bravery and like the strength to defend the people that he loves like throughout this entire game. And you see it in like his dialogue, which I thought was really, really clever. And then with the introduction of Gino, like the story isn't really like explained to you very well, I would say in the beginning before Gino shows up. Um, like when you get your first star piece and they're like, Oh, this is cool, right? But like no one really like says like exactly what the star pieces are for or like gives the importance of them. And then Gino shows up and he kind of becomes like the exposition like delivery service for the players, right? Like he's kind of like tied up with everything, which I thought was really really interesting. And it it shows it like it gives it like a subtle nod when Gino's introduced through the music itself which I thought was really clever. So whenever you get your first star piece, it plays a very specific sound or specific music behind it. But then whenever Gino wakes up, it plays kind of a remix of that same star music. So you're like, oh, this is important, right? Like this is tied together. And like throughout the entire game, there's these little tiny nods like that to like the importance of things or how things are tied together with like subtle variations on songs that you might have heard before or classic Mario songs that you just have learned to grow and, you know, to love over time from the previous games. So it's just really, really clever. I, I really like how they did that a lot. 
Um, but I think the most interesting character let's talk about Bowser, right? Like mm-hmm. I so in all the rest of the games, Bowser is just, you know, the antagonist that Mario has to beat. He's kidnapping Peach and he's the evil ruler, the evil, you know, like the you know, the bad king, right? So you just have to keep fighting him and keep defeating him over time. But in this one, it actually like the first time you see Bowser, you see him crying. And he's crying because he misses his town. He or he misses his castle. He misses like ruling over his, you know, like all the people there and like he just misses his life and i I thought it was so funny like i have it written down because i i love this little like nod to bowser and like his insecurities as a person like he he, bowser (laughs) writes a haiku in this game man (laughs) like it's so crazy so the haiku is this it's like the moon over the day my genius and brawn are lost on these fools. <laughs> so like it shows like oh like, you know like he is he feels like he's so much more than what people portray, or like see him as but then it also shows like his cockiness at the same time, right? So it's like it it it's showing like how he's hiding his insecurities with his cockiness and like how he thinks that he's kind of above everyone. Like he is a king, right? So it makes sense. But it's just Man, I I love those little things that they add into this. And it kind of like the way that Bowser is portrayed is almost it seems like it's continued on in other titles as well. Right. Where it's like you'll see Bowser kind of look down and he's like, oh, crap. And then I think in Odyssey, it happens where like Bowser looks really sad. And then you see Mario just kind of like pat him on the back. And he's like, man, it's cool. Like, you're good. You can get up. But then they end up fighting again. Right. Like, so it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Like. There's like a weird connection between them where it's just like this sense of understanding, which I thought was really just interesting. It was so weird to see, but I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's really cool. I Man, it's so funny to talk about like character development in a Mario game. <laughs> yeah. Because like, you, I, you don't expect that. So I love like the differences too, like when they're in your party, like how you know malo's kind of like your mage he has like his magic skills which i feel like a lot of times you don't really see an elemental difference with the enemies right it's more so just if they're weaker to magic but it's still kind of like a cool little touch because mario has the fire obviously has fireballs malo's more like lightning he controls the weather when he cries it rains (laughs) yeah um Gino like I I loved having Gino in my party. Mm-hmm. You know, his his beam attack, everything about it, it was just overpowered. Mm-hmm. And you know, Peach is the healer and she ends up being pretty strong if you get like her special weapon cuz every character has their special weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, just like any other like SquareSoft game, they always have an ultimate weapon. Right. And with her like it it's strong, you know, it, it smacks. And uh, Bowser, well, I I didn't really like having Bowser in my party because, yeah, he's strong, like really, really strong. But his super, his specials just, I don't know, didn't click for me. Like the poison cloud, the big stompy thing, like, I don't know. But I do like going back to what you said about like the character, like growth, like it's interesting seeing some of these characters grow throughout the game. Like the added backstories, like at least for the game, you know, it's not going deep in the lore, but 
it's interesting seeing, you know, Malo kind of grow up. It's cool seeing Gino, like you learn more about him throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And even like seeing like Bowser's kind of like softer side, I guess you could say. It's it's really cool. And I think even like the NPCs, like in certain areas, like if you actually talk to a lot of them, you you learn a lot about the areas and it's it's fascinating because going back to what we said about, you know, this is a great RPG for a beginner, it it really does have that immersiveness in it. And there are a lot of like secrets you can find in the game, which I think is awesome. You know, when I actually played it as a kid, even though I still have my strategy guide from back then. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't look at like some of the stuff you can unlock. So when I played through it again recently, I was like, oh, I'm going to get all these things I never, I never got, you know? And it's, there's like um, secret merchants. There's even a little casino. Oh, wow. Uh, there's, there's Cluix, which is the special secret boss. Mm-hmm who it's really cool you know you you have to do little jump over hurdles and stuff to get the right items but when you fight it it's this like purple very final fantasy looking enemy with these different crystals and each crystal is weak to a certain thing you know sometimes it's physical attack magic like Mm. it, it varies and then you have to fight the boss and this boss has like quadruple the health of anything else like you kind of have to be close to max level to beat it which in this game max level i think is only 27 so i feel like you can get up to 30 but i'm not it might be 30 i think it might be 30 so but if you don't want to fight that boss i mean you can beat the game at like i think level 22 25 Mm -hmm. you know but if you get to 30 it's just it's easier right but Something I love about the leveling system in this game is that you kind of have a choice of which stats you want to prioritize, right? You have HP, you have attack, mm-hmm. and I think the third one is magic. it special attack? Yeah, magic, yeah. yeah. And, you know, basically your stats are always going to go up and you level, but picking one of these, it'll be like an extra point or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some levels, there's a possibility on one of them giving you a higher boost. And when I first played the game, I, that's what I did. I always picked the highest boost because mm. it just makes sense. But this time around, you know, like for Mario, I did it where I just focused purely on health and attack. I didn't do anything with magic. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how even the slight little number change between it, it does kind of make a difference in the sense like, oh, I'm actually hitting for more than, you know, when I played it the other way. Right. And I thought it was a really cool way of leveling up. You know, it it doesn't give you complete control over your build, but it does give you that, like, accomplishment of leveling up you know it gives you options too and it's i think that's such a nice thing to add in for people who are more seasoned with rpgs right like it no matter what your stats are going to continue to grow right but the nice thing about this system is you know someone who's seasoned at rpgs they can tell right off the bat from the move sets of like what kind of character this is supposed to be whether it's a white mage a black mage an attacker you know like your tank people you know you can kind of you get the the vibe right and so this the way that the level up system works you being able to put a couple extra points in a specific stat 
gives you that sense of customization, right? So like with Gino, like you can just keep dumping magic into him. Same thing with like mm-hmm. um uh with Mallow, right? That's all I did was just keep dumping magic and health into him. And it it made more sense. And I did the same thing with Mario. I just kept putting attack into him because all of his stuff is very physical. Like, yeah, he has the fireball, but I mainly just kept using jump, right? Jump or some sort of physical ability of his. So it just made sense to just keep giving him attack, right? So it just allows you to further customize your characters. And it gives the people who, like I said, are familiar with RPGs something more to play with, which is nice. So, and then not just that, being able to play around with your party so you can swap swap characters out whenever you need to or want to, it it's it's a fun way to kind of like just test things out and see which party makeup works best for you. Because there isn't really like a right answer to anything. Uh, it's just all based on personal preference. I mean, you can beat the game with, you know, if you want to go classic with it, you can just have Mario, Bowser, Peach, right? And you'll be fine. But if you want to play with some of these, like, cool, or I would say cooler characters, like, third Dino <laughs> in, right? Because it's something different, something new that you can learn from. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's really, really clever, the way that they added that in. So it gives something for the people who are not familiar with RPGs and then the ones who are, are well-versed in them as well. Something I thought was cool, like, what you're saying, like, the cooler characters, was that, you know, it's... It was that perfect mix of, you know, the Mario franchise with something original with Squaresoft. You know, it's, I always looked at this kind of like how Kingdom Hearts, you know, it's the mixture of Square Enix with Disney. Mm -hmm. And there was pretty equal for the first two games. And after that, it mostly went down to more Final Fantasy, like Squaresoft kind of IPs and Disney. Right. With this, you know, it felt, the original like Squaresoft monsters and even the characters like Gino and Malo, it felt right. Like it felt in place, you know, it didn't feel like uh, something just thrown in there from a different kind of game. Like these characters felt like they actually would be in a Mario game. And that's the thing too, with the enemies is like everything. They don't, they don't look out of place. Like they fit the Mario world perfectly. And I mean, it's when you think about it, it's like, man, what, which one of these characters wouldn't be a Nintendo character? But when you think about it, probably 70%, 80% of the enemies in this game are not from a normal Mario franchise. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's cool to see how much creativity was thrown in this game. And I love it because it just felt like it was equal between both ips and i don't know this is cool you know i really wish like we could explore more of the mario world this way yeah i agree yeah i think the only character throughout this entire game that doesn't actually fit really with the mario universe is kulex the the secret boss at the end but by that time you are well-versed in RPGs, you know what you're doing, you want a challenge, and you probably are a little bit older because you had to do a few extra things to get there, right? Like, so it's, it makes sense that, you know, Square decided to flex a little bit and throw in one of these characters. So, definitely really cool. But I want to talk a little bit, like, we touched on the music a little bit throughout this episode, Mm -hmm. but at the end, or 
getting closer to the end of this episode, I want to I want to bring up some tracks that I thought personally were just amazing. <clears throat> so like the first one, obviously, Happy Adventure, Delightful Adventure. It's the first really like the main track for the game. It's the first one you hear and it's just such a great little like happy chipper tune that is just so much fun and just like, yeah, it just it speaks volumes for this game. I don't know, man. Like, it's really, really good. But then, like, you have other tracks, too. Like, I mean, the one I absolutely love was, like, Let's Play Geno, right? Like, it, it's the introduction to Geno, and it's such a heartwarming moment, too, when you meet him, because Mario is playing... He's playing Mario with this little kid who's, like, playing with his action figures, and he has action figures of Mar Mario, Bowser, Peach, and then some other characters, and you see the action figure of Geno there, too. So you just have this, like, really fun, like, little addition in there, too. It's just a really, really sweet moment. And then I feel like the like the fight scenes, like the the battle music is so iconic in this game and just really, really fun because it has that classic like square, you know, battle theme, but then it's Mario fight and it makes it more just, I guess, overall fun. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. For me, like, I I really love the, I think the name is Grandpa and the Delightful Tadpoles, because it has that kind of, like, tropical sound, and it's just, it's it's so upbeat yeah. and cool. Like, I, it's a banger, for sure. Another one I really like, and this one's more flute heavy, is Let's Do the Fluff Fluff. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, like it's... I feel like the music in a lot of these worlds are just so, like, fitting for where they are. And I don't know, like it's... The music in this is just really well done. Like, you wouldn't expect that in a game like this, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, the composer of this game, I forgot her name, and I feel bad for that right now. Um, I mean, it's podcast format. I guess we could look it up. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she actually went on to uh, to uh, score a lot of other Square games. And I think she even worked on, like, Kingdom Hearts and all that stuff, too. Like, she is an iconic composer, and she's done so much work for them. It's it's really fan like amazing what she's able to do for this. Uh oh, uh Yoko Yoko Shimamura. Yeah. She is an amazing hmm. composer and she worked a lot with Koji Kondo, who's developer and designer, right, for this game and the or the original um musician for Super Mario. 
So it's it's really cool mm. because she was able to mix his music, what he created, and then just like make it even more epic. Like it made it took it from a platforming, just fun, interesting world, and then it evolved it into something that you would that you. I guess the best way to say it is like it feels like a real fleshed out world whenever with her revisions on these tracks. So it's really, really cool to see. Well, here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the better way of saying it. My bad. But Yeah, this this game has some amazing music. And I mean, I recommend even just people that, you know, maybe haven't played it or played a little bit of it, just like check out the soundtrack. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. the tunes are just good. Like all of the town musics are great. You know, like I really love the hardworking moles and good moles. Yeah. And the Ripple Town uh music is great has an old time kind of like western uh kind of music it's just oh yeah beautiful just so much so much greatness here in this game all right so how about some final thoughts on this game i know you've talked a lot about it we have talked about it quite a bit quite extensively but with someone who's maybe still on the fence with trying out this game what would you say to them I mean, regretfully, the only way you can really play it nowadays is either owning the original game, which is very expensive, mm-hmm. or, you know, emulating it because which for some reason, I Nintendo, <laughs> I mean, that's really the only way. Like, they're, for some reason, it's not on Nintendo Switch Online, probably because of, you know, Square Enix, but it's, if you're able to emulate it or even buy it, just any way to play it, I say go for it Mm -hmm. you know don't look at it as like some easy game that is not worth your time but you know when you look back this game really did innovate a lot of things and i think it still holds up you know if you have a kid or somebody you know wants to get into rpgs and might even like mario this is really the perfect step Mm -hmm. you know there's not a lot of room for error in this game and i think it's the perfect introduction or as even a veteran of RPGs, like it's, it'd be a nice breather Mm -hmm. or a break. Yeah. Agreed. So whenever I heard about this game or I've heard about it a lot throughout the years, it's always from someone who played it when they were a kid. And I always felt that nostalgia must be playing a factor into why they enjoy this game so much uh, because it's kind of an older, you know, RPG, but I I can honestly say, like, as someone who has never played it before, this is my first time playing this game, the nostalgia is not a factor. This is a very, very well-fleshed-out, exciting, fun game. And it is, like you said, it's it's almost like a breath of fresh air when playing this because Mm -hmm. it's not just, like, being bogged down with so much stuff and, like, menus and all the crazy UI everywhere and just really difficult boss fights and, you know, the grind. Like, you don't need to do all that stuff. You can just have fun playing as Mario in a different type of experience. And if you enjoy RPGs as much as, you know, we do, this is definitely just a nice, like, kind of relaxing experience. And that's a weird thing to say about an RPG, because usually they're not very relaxing, I would say. Like, they're, it's like playing chess for 40 hours, right? Like, 
it's a lot and it can get a little overwhelming sometimes trying to juggle everything you make sure you get all the the stuff for side quests get all the secret weapons and all that you know like i remember the first time i played through final fantasy 7 and how long it took me to get like the ultimate weapon (laughs) but i really had to do it like here it just felt fun to just go through the story and just enjoy the experience so i would say definitely the nostalgia does not play a factor this is actually a great title to pick up and play however you can and if you don't feel comfortable doing emulators just watch a playthrough of it it's just as fun honestly like or just listen to the soundtrack because that soundtrack is like even if you haven't played the game it's gonna bring you back to your childhood guarantee it because of just the way that it's composed like the chip tunes and all that stuff it's just great all the way around yeah okay so that's going to do it for us this week we hope you guys have enjoyed our first little endeavor of challenging or uh you know get just getting challenged to play a game that you never played before it's been a really fun experience i gotta be honest it's been great um but I do have something for you guys. Uh, If you want to challenge us to a game that we have not played, I think that would be really fun too. So reach out to us on social medias and let us know which games, the more obscure, the better, or that you guys have played or absolutely love that you don't know anyone else that has played, right? And if we haven't checked it out, we definitely will. And who knows, maybe we'll do an episode about it and you know, you get some credit on the show. It'd be really fun. Uh, But yeah, with that, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so, so much for the continued love and support that we can always get. Um, (laughs) And let's just keep that community growing. So we will talk to you guys next week. And uh, bye. Bye.